1: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Sarah is here. We are going to whine about Formula One for the next 45 minutes or so, and we're going to title this episode Angry Formula One Episode. Now that I've gotten that out of the way with, (laughs) we are going to talk about Miami, then we'll go to the news afterwards. Frenchie has a bunch of news things and whatever to round out the episode. So... Let's get predictions out of the way with first. Yeah, how'd you guys do while I was gone? I think but, I
0: was pretty I think I did pretty good, if I'm not gonna Sarah, if I'm, Sarah's if pretty good actually.
1: Sarah's good prediction was Max, which like you lose points Obviously. because like it's Max. Uh I had Alonzo. I gained
0: points because it's a straight line circuit and he's in a freaking Red Bull. So come yeah. on.
1: Uh I had Alonzo and he did he podium? I don't remember. Yes. For like, did. the millionth time this season, third yeah. place again. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, both were expected to be good and both did well. You had Logan Sargent doing poorly. Yeah. He yep. was outside Nailed of the top 10. He was dead last. Oh, yeah. He's
0: dead last.
1: What happened yeah. to him? Did he, was he, did no, he, get he pun- just oh, he, did he get punted by, is he the one that got punted no, 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 by No, 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 no. That was Lando.
0: No, okay. no. So he had like a 25 second pit stop, like, yeah. lap three like he came in to pit and they I remember I was sitting in front of the start finish line so I was like I was sitting across from the Haas garage so it was like whatever one or two down from Williams and we saw him come in and that boy did not leave and we I actually thought that he was just going to stay in the garage because it was like it was at the point that he was taught for so long I was like oh there's just no point for him to leave again so something must be wrong in which they have to bring the car in and then he left and I was like okay well that's pointless because there's no way he's going to get back from that and shocker he didn't so
1: took a, took a pee break. Uh, yeah, I much. had I had Perez. I missed on that one. I took a hot take chance. It, you know, P2, it's fine. And then we had over under on number of mentions of the <laughs> Marina mentioned in the uh, in the race broadcast. The over under was eight and a half. Sarah took the over. It was definitely the under. So at least I got that one.
0: I'm shocked that they didn't say anything in the broadcast. I'm, I'm trusting you on that one because, again, I was there. And right. I haven't rewatched it. So maybe I should just not be trusting you. And maybe they did actually bring it up and you're just trying to screw me. But no, Frenchies I don't remember. That, no.
1: Yeah, I don't think they hey. even talked about it one time, as far as I can remember. And I, I didn't watch the pre race as usual. Yeah. I but I I can't imagine they mentioned it that many times in the pre race, you know, in between LL Cool J singing and dancing as the drivers came out. So what did yeah, what did so- everyone-
0: I like missed that kind of because I was like running from the paddock to my spot when they were doing that. But I can say that I was talking with someone who works for hard rock promoter and they were like so excited about it. They're like, this is the first time we're doing this in F1. Like we're so excited to be doing it. We just announced that we're doing it. Like nobody knows. Nobody's like known that we're going to be doing this. And they were like pumped. And. I was surprised. Again, I I didn't watch it, so I don't know what it actually looked like or what it seemed like. But I was surprised with all of the negative backlash because they've always done, I mean, not in a similar manner, but they do driver introductions for indie, they do driver introductions for other series. So, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that that was interesting, but maybe it was because it was like, again, the one glimpse that I got of it on like a TV screen, I was running to my grandstand, was like very football esque, where they're like running out to a song and like vibes. Like, I think that that's fun, but. I again, I didn't watch it, so I don't really know.
1: Frenchie, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I just thought it it was weird. Maybe cringy would be the way that I would describe it.
0: Mm. Is
1: how I viewed it. But the reaction about it is way overblown as usual. I mean, it's not a thing to get upset about. It was just kind of like, eh, this is. A little weird and lame but mm. it like the driver's getting upset about it or complaining about it is just like how much of a spoiled diva can you be
0: mm. well i think it's more nuanced than that because every year with the boom of this series and with the boom of tv rights et cetera, et cetera the drivers are asked more and more and more of things that were not originally in their contracts or like not things that they had originally signed up for and like they truly are there to just race and every race. I think it probably just feels like there's so much bull crap surrounding it. That's not actually racing that they're just kind of getting sick of it. So I think this might've been one of those like last straw kind of things.
1: The only thing that I like, I didn't watch it. I just saw a recap. It was a little like out of place mm-hmm. because yes, we see driver introductions in every racing. You know, they get introduced, they hop on the back of some sort of car and do a lap around mm-hmm. the track and whatever. That's fine it was a little much. I'll give him that. But what was kind of weird is I don't remember who said it it was like, oh, this is taking away from engineering meetings or whatever. It's like, how? And and this probably isn't a question that like any of us can answer. But how much extra time did this intro take versus like a normal job in a job interview? You can see where my brain typically is on (laughs) A, a driver introduction, because I can't imagine it was like, they were like, you have to line up an hour earlier because LL Cool J is doing sound check to sing you onto the stage right now. You know, I just yeah, I don't think that seems very likely. Yeah, I, I, I can vibe. also
0: I can also tell you like this. Each team strategy is for the most part decided, decided. like yeah. the day before or. At worst morning of like the only thing that changes that is if there's big weather changes, obviously, and there was no big weather change. So I can't imagine that it really hampered too much of the team's time. And also the teams had it on their schedule that this was happening. So they could have just planned for it accordingly. You know,
1: it's, it's going to be even more of an event or of a circus type this just reminded me of how they do it at nfl games and so that's it fit the vibe of it being at the hard rock stadium i mean for the f1 drivers who are not used to kind of i guess u.s sports culture for them it's probably like wow this is so weird why are there like cheerleaders on the side (laughs) like with pom-poms dancing as we run out like this is strange but for us it was like okay yeah this is how we do it in the united states we go way overboard and all i want to say is that in las vegas I don't even know what they're going to do, but like they're going to shoot the drivers out of slot machines or something like that.
0: <laughs> I have to say, I really like that take, Frenchie. I think it's really interesting to think because, again, like for us growing up in the US, this is normalized for us. This is something that's like, oh, cool. It fits the vibe. Again, Dolphins, they've thrown Super Bowls before they get it. This is like their Super Bowl because they are, don't go to Super Bowls anymore. Sorry, <laughs> Miami. Um, yeah, it's been a while. But it's, of course, a lot of the drivers, not a lot, the very strong majority of the drivers grew up in European karting culture, which is very, 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 very different. So it's definitely one of those like big cultural differences that they probably appreciate from afar when it's a different sport that they don't have to interact with it, but they've never been a part of it. And the fact that they were told to be a part of it was probably just very weird for them. So I get that.
1: Can you imagine? So, you know, we've, we now have seen Miami. And you know Vegas is ten times over the top in every mm-hmm. facet of life compared to like I don't know most cities in the country or in the world. Can you imagine how ridiculous Vegas is going to be at like midnight Eastern time later this year? Oh yeah, it's going to be. They're going to have what's it called Cirque du Soleil doing like <laughs> Ooh, acrobatic stuff nice. and that'd like be who cover cool. the people that had the that'd be kind of sick. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the blue man group
0: took <laughs> this la people like hanging down from the start finish line when like the lights go out they're just like swinging and across
1: I could see it happening I mean that that this is where we are at this point they are gonna go all out especially because it's the first race in Las Vegas
0: Kind of sick I'm like I don't know what to expect, but I'm excited for it for like the entertainment aspect. But if every race or if more races become like Miami and Vegas, then I'll want to blow my brains out. But for one or two, I think it's an interesting entertainment aspect. It brings a lot of money to the sport. (laughs) Not like the sport doesn't have enough money already, but you know, if it brings more viewership and more money, then that means the sport is growing. So again, just don't ruin the racing in the process. Cough, cough, Miami track, cough, cough. But um, I think, you know, one or two, it's kind of fun.
1: So we, we saw the pictures online at, you know, how expensive, you know, it was like $75 for a bottle of water and $150 for a sandwich that looked disgusting. Oh so yeah. You were there. Yeah. What, like, was that accurate? Was it, you know, kind of like, that was only in one spot, like the rest of the track wasn't mm-hmm. so bad. You know, what, what did, what did you see?
0: Yeah. Um, I can say this year was 5 million times better than last year. Last year was like they barely got everything finished in time. All of the fan zones. I mean, at the time, I didn't think it was horribly bad. Um, I do know that last year in Paddock Club, they I wasn't in Paddock Club, but I heard this from people in Paddock Club. So trust me, you're not getting a first-person account right, here. Right. But um, they had like Why run not? out of food on first the day. Club. Oh, gosh, gosh. Um, well, I was in the paddock I was in the W series paddock, actually. So it's oh, better. I, I, I prefer it. Um, but apparently on the first day they had run out of food and alcohol at like 3 PM on a Friday for practice. And they were like serving, they like went out to Walmart to get cheesecakes and they just like had nothing. And people were paying $15,000 for a ticket for these things. And it was just like a horrible, horrible experience. And the fan zones at like the organization of it all was just like very disorganized, like the maps weren't correct and the, <laughs> nothing pointed you in the right direction. And you'd always like, it was basically like walking through a maze where you'd think that you could like get down one way and be able to cross over. But then there was a fence there that wasn't shown on the map. So you have to walk, walk 45 minutes around. And it was just like in the heat, very, very, and yeah. Oh yeah. The 90 degree heat, which is last year was disgusting. This year was better, but last year was just abhorrently disgustingly hot. And it was just like a lot of people, especially for a lot of Americans that it was their first proper racing Experience or their first F1 experience, it was just like not it. This year, I do have to tell you, it was a million times better. Like everything was well organized. There was so much more set up. There was like, I, when I walked in, I always walked in through gate eight and I was walking down and around through the paddock slash start finish. And it's like a good, like, you know, 20 minute walk, 25 minute walk, which again, last year was 45 minutes. So there's always a win there, already a win there. Um, but there is like water stations everywhere. There is medical everywhere. There is security everywhere, which as a female fan walking around alone, I really appreciated. Cause huh. I do have to say it's the Saturday when I got to the track, it was mobbed and I got there early. I got there at, like the quality started at, I think it was like four 30 or five. And I got there at 10 AM, 11 AM. And it was mobbed. Yeah. Like I was trying to walk through crowds and I was like, getting nervous for myself. Um, but there's a lot of security there. It's like, that made me feel better. Um, I was not in the true full fan experience. I watched for the first half of the race from start finish. So, you know, I did see all of that, you know, again, there were water stands. It wasn't crazy packed. There was food. So from my knowledge, it seemed fine. I'm also a Miami resident. So everything here costs an arm and a leg already. So I think I would probably wouldn't have been faced by that much anyway, if I'm gonna be honest. Um like I got two, I got a round of drinks for me and my friend at a bar in Miami on Saturday night and it cost me like 50 bucks. Like that's just a very normal thing here. So sure. I think that's also just nature of being here. Again, it shouldn't be nature at a track. People are traveling far and wide and already spending a crap ton of money to be there. So you have to make it a little bit more accessible, but it's also Formula One. It's also Miami. So like, I just think I also have very low expectations, TBH. Um, But from my little fan, proper fan experience, all I have to compare it to is last year. And it was so much better.
1: Do we have anything from the actual race that's worth talking about? Frenchie, I know you had a few. Wanted to make fun of Devries and I don't know something else. I'll let you take over from here. Well, we can roll that into the news yeah. that we got today, so we'll yeah. p- we'll put that in with that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there was oh, I guess a couple things. Go ahead. I have one thing first. You and I were texting about this a little bit the other day. Oh yeah, and I wrote it down so I didn't forget, which I never do. So the one uh, I forget, I was originally texting with this somebody this weekend about how the you know, kind of Red Bull dominance now versus the Merck dominance of, I don't know, seven years, eight mm-hmm. years, whatever it was, I guess eight years. Cause Lewis had, Lewis had set, Lewis had six in that domination span and Rosberg had one. Mm-hmm. So, and then Red Bull before that, like what was better for the sport? And I would say old Red Bull or Merck was better than current Red Bull for two reasons. One, we didn't go to 95% city street circuits. Like, not that a city street circuit is bad, but when all of the new circuits are the same, it's a little boring. Two, the car sounded way better. Mm -hmm. And I can't read my handwriting on that one. So we're going to skip the point three. And on paper? Uh, Yes, because my laptop was dead and I was desperate to not forget. I don't think I've ever seen you write with a, like, writing instrument in it's very physically difficult because of my hand surgery oh okay i didn't realize you had an excuse
0: can i just say on both of those points correct i remember priscilla and i priscilla uh she works for indycar for those who don't know priscilla Poon. um so she came to the gp with me and on friday we were walking up to practice and we had gotten there like we were stuck in traffic so we'd gotten there late so the cars were already on track and we're walking up and she was like oh my god are those the cars because she's never been an f1 race so she's like is that what the cars sound like and i was sitting there like why do they sound like crap compared to indie cars Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was Mm -hmm. at long beach whatever two weeks before and i had this whole like moment of like oh my god these hybrids just really sound like shit if i'm gonna be honest so yeah and
1: i i just think from a track perspective like we could talk about the engine sounds all day because that's you Frenchie and I Frenchie and I's favorite thing to send videos about F1 videos about is old era Mm -hmm. F1 cars, but like Miami, you add Miami. Okay. You know, it's cool. But then we add like Jetta, which is essentially a city circuit. Then we add what was there's, there's another Vegas and you know, there's probably one or two more. And then, you know, they're talking about other cities who want F1. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get why you want F one. I'm not knocking the business standpoint behind it. From a racing standpoint behind it, it's it's all this it's all the same. It's not so, exciting.
0: I went to the Williams pop-up on the shop which is thursday and friday and it's not just a shop like they do q a oh yeah so i went yeah. wednesday and friday because wednesday was a q a with alex albon and logan Sargent, and friday was a q a with jamie chadwick and it's like all open free so anyone who wants to go can go and ask questions and like be involved which i love like williams is the only team that does that i love it so i go and support them it so wednesday really cool. i went it's so sick like the one in austin was really cool the one the, they did it in montreal as well they did in miami last year like williams is on it but that's just a whole other conversation so Alex, we asked him what his favorite and least favorite thing about Miami is, and his least favorite was a, of course, all of like the media and entertainment and all this stuff, but also like just city tracks suck. Like he was like, we just, I want to be able to race on a proper road, and I can't do that. So like here one of the roads is like so much more narrow than it should be, but it's because it jets up to a highway and like, we can't move it. And just like, it makes for really bad and really unexciting racing. And like, we've already known that. I think that that's like a common knowledge kind of thing, but hearing and seeing the frustration from him directly of like, this is so annoying to have to do this and like have to race on these tracks is just like very frustrating. Um, So I think it just like drives that point home even more of like, People, even though there's no as much entertainment value, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, the actual racing is crap.
1: It was, it was really like Frenchie and I were texting each other a couple points and like, we either weren't talking about the race or we were saying how like neither of us were remotely focused on what was going on. And I had that like F1 team multi-viewer thing up on my laptop. And the cool thing, I don't know when they started doing it because I, I didn't have it up for the previous race, but they have like a transcription of all the radio messages coming in. So you don't have to click them and listen to them. It just displays it as text. Mm-hmm. And I stopped paying it. I even stopped paying attention to that. I was like this, I'm getting nothing of value from this right now. Yeah, I
0: think me. Stroll said at one point it was like, can someone give me an update on the race? Because like what's happening? And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, there's literally nothing going on. Just like yep. keep doing you. Like I don't, I do not remember the last F1 race that I sat and watched that did not have a safety car. I truly don't.
1: We needed one. I was thinking about that during the race. Like, all right, we need some incident like Nick DeVries. Mm. Come on, man. Just go off in some runoff area and just park it. Like just barely touch a wall and just park it and cause a safety car. We need a NASCAR style debris caution. Right. <sighs> yeah. So like an alligator needed to cross the track or something just to <laughs> make it happen. But I want to tell you guys that while I was in Paris, I visited the FIA and I told them all the points that you just made. So I, <laughs> oh, I went and oh, just perfect. sat there until like it opened one day. And in my broken French, which I sort of picked up a little bit while there, I mostly know how to say, like, I only speak a little bit of French and a few other phrases. I made sure that they understood and they just kept nodding and then walked away. Mama I can't tell planned. if you're
0: kidding or not, but yeah. I really hope that you're not.
1: What, I would, I, I'm going to make my fiance and my friends So I went to Europe with let me sit outside <laughs> FIA headquarters to yell at people that. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, um, I wouldn't put it past you, French. You'd be my hero.
1: Oh, well, if I had done that, I would have made a video of myself doing it. Like, that would have been... But, you know, I don't think Mohammed Ben Salaam is going to respond to that, let alone, like, a strongly worded letter or anything. He just seems to be doing his own thing. Yep. Okay, now we can go to the, the DeVries thing and whatnot that you wanted to talk about. Sorry, oh, yeah, I got to that... self-track. No, no, that's okay. I wanted to start, actually, with just a. To couple of other things before we move to I guess the big news from today and that is, do you guys see what Laurent Rossi, the CEO of Alpine said about his own team? I'm just going to read a bit of it for you um, because he said this at the Miami weekend. He said this year ended up starting with a flawed performance and flawed delivery. It's obvious our position in the standings is not worthy of our resources we spend, and we are quite far, in fact, very far from the year's end goal. I'm noting not only an obvious lack of performance and rigor in the delivery, but also potentially a state of mind that's not up to this team's past standards. Um, there was a lack of, oh, there was a lot of, and I'm sorry for saying this, amateurishness which led to a result that wasn't right. It was mediocre and bad. You're allowed to make mistakes. You learn from your mistakes, but you do need to learn. When you make the same mistakes twice, it means you haven't learned. You're not taking responsibilities. That's not acceptable. What a motivating pep talk, Mm -hmm. Mr. Rossi. That is, wow. I feel so inspired. I'm sure everyone wants to work for you now. And they already felt really good about all the resources that you invest. And like your five-year plan just keeps restarting. Not well, to mention that's like that. a very Lawrence Stroll-esque, like, statement to just, like, shit all over your your employees.
0: As I was just thinking about my two friends that work for Alpina, I was like, I should text them. Make sure they're okay. Check the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. my poor friends.
1: They are really under, like, they are probably one of the most underwhelming teams this year in terms of where they, we thought they would be. And, you know, nobody thought they were going to be a Ferrari. But we weren't, or not Ferrari, sorry, Red Bull. <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> but yeah, we also didn't expect them to be like near basement dwellers either. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, they've just had a really amazing performance the last few years. Sorry, French.
1: Everyone's dropping the ball like yeah. Mercedes dropped the ball big time. They can't figure out what the heck's going on with their car. Ferrari's doing their normal thing. And so I think that's flattering Aston Martin. Right. I think they're probably not as fast as they actually are if if we really expected Ferrari and Mercedes to be where they should be. And then Alpine somewhere near maybe the Mercedes, I guess, uh, which should be good. But given the fact that they like are behind where they should be, it's really not. So Otmar uh, Safnauer had kind of a response to that and basically said he has no idea why Rossi made that statement, but he planned to find out. He said, I have no idea and you'll have to ask him. I'll be asking him. This weekend was so busy that I haven't had a chance to discuss it. And essentially, he explained a lot of the issues, but he, I think he's doing the job that Rossi should be doing, right? You obviously Mm -hmm. can't make excuses Mm -hmm. for your team if they do something wrong. And I understand that, right? You can't just kind of pull the wool over everyone's eyes because they're all going to see it. But uh, what Safnar said is reading something like that puts no more pressure on us. Everyone wants to do well here. We're very well experienced with technicians and engineers at the highest level. And we put pressure on ourselves. So we just have to fix it. And that's the way to look at things. Yes, admit that you've done things wrong and say, okay, we're, we're underperforming. But instead of ruining the morale, like what kind of, I, I don't understand where his mind was at. Maybe he was just really angry. But I mean, he yeah, said this I'm... to Canal Plus, which is like the, the broadcaster in France of Formula One like this was not just some random interview that he didn't expect for the whole team to hear
0: I'm shocked shocked that he did that only because I can imagine being the PR marketing person watching this happen and being like oh god turn it off turn it off turn it off like that's that that's their worst nightmare and obviously was not planned or well thought out and you would think that someone in that position would have a little bit more wisdom before they do something like that but it just goes to show that ego always wins out in this sport unfortunately
1: fair what's next french uh okay so that takes care of the alpine stuff so haas introduced some updates for Miami and I think I mean Kevin Magnuson looked good right he qualified fourth he ended up finishing 10th I believe so he made a really bad start and lost a lot of places but I mean it was still decent um they yeah they introduced a big I guess revised floor upgrade and so what Gunther Steiner is now saying is that it seems to be working right it obviously was the car looked fast and qualifying and on its own but then he says we just need to find out what we need to do to get more stable in traffic. So you're not wearing out the tires this much in traffic because the guys say they can see other cars aren't struggling as much as our car. So essentially whenever the Haas car with their new upgrade gets behind any other vehicle as it would be in the race, uh, it's really struggles. So you have a fast car for qualifying. Excellent, good job, nice work guys. But in the race, it it means nothing. I I don't know what to say about that. His quotes were just really strange because he just essentially was like, yeah, in traffic, it's not good, but you know what? It's fast. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's better than what Laurent Rossi did. Like you're a little bit, you know, (laughs) trying to highlight the positives, but no, I don't understand what your team is doing that you brought this major upgrade revised floor and it didn't help you in the race. I'm guessing he's, yeah, like you said, trying to put a positive spin on it because, I don't know, maybe Gunther's getting softer in his in his old age a little bit there. But, I I mean, yeah, great. Okay, your car's quick, but, like, you kind of forgot, like, you need arrow balance for the race, too. So, I guess, like, that's something they need to work on, sure. But, like, it's not that impressive to just be quick in qualifying because by lap five... six or eight or somewhere around there like both of them plummeted from the top six or seven to like 10th and 14th or something like that like they felt but you know before the opening 10 laps were done it yeah it was not impressive to watch so i'm hoping that like mclaren they will get on top of this because mclaren also had a disastrous weekend in miami And the signs of progress that we may have seen in Baku look to have disappeared completely.
0: Yep. There's literally nothing else to say on that. Besides just, yep. yep. It's like, but I think it it goes back to the point of what you guys were saying earlier of, unfortunately, uh, some teams are looking to be better than they actually are just because a lot of other teams are just sucking butt. And I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder if that's just like, too many new regulations from the FIA that people just can't get a grasp of and they just can't like design their cars as well. Like it's very weird to watch and very weird to see. So I wonder what the explanation for that is, but not quite sure.
1: It's confusing to me because I thought that this was kind of the most prescriptive set of regulations that F1 has ever had. No, isn't this sort of the, they're within the smallest boxes of like the room that they can kind of innovate. Yeah. So Mm. It seems like there would be a better chance of, I don't know, happening onto the right thing because there are maybe fewer permutations of where you could go. Whereas like in the past, the cars could look so different. You could just go down a path that was really, really strange and looked nothing like the dominant car, right? You know what I mean? But now they're all kind of similar. So I would think that they'd be closer and they are relatively close, right? Like the differences are small. But it's just strange that these really tiny nuances are holding these teams back so much and they're unable to get on top of them given the resources that they have. Something strikes me that the regulations... There's something weird with the regulations and I'm not an engineer, so I I don't know how to speak on that. But it seems like maybe these aren't the best set of rules. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you remember like when these... Are rules were originally announced it was it's going to be easier to follow et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and i mean even last year when it might have been a little easier to follow it still wasn't that easy so i think these regulations have completely i don't say completely these regulations have significantly missed the mark of trying to improve the overall racing product hmm. yeah no, it's I don't I guess we have to wait until 2026 for them to change things again. So
0: they're going to lose a lot of fans in the interim, like all the fans that aren't diehard loyals that were relatively new and just here for the funsies. If they're not seeing the funsies, they're going to dip ruski.
1: Yeah, I have a my a good friend from high school who he just started him and his wife just started watching Drive to Survive like in the last couple of months and they got caught up His first like live races he's going to watch is at so Like I'm we're going to have beer Saturday night. Watch the race Sunday morning. And I just like I've debated like do I tell him like the the racing isn't really that good right now? Or do I just like shut up and not say anything? So that is literally that is my internal debate that I've been thinking about all day today.
0: Hmm. Mm.
1: I have a vote on that. What's your vote? I would say don't tell him anything because it may turn out to be one of the good races because crazy things might happen. (laughs) True. what I mean, like there could just be wild stuff that goes on. So I wouldn't say anything. And if it's ends up being bad, then you can explain why, but you know, if it's not a snoozer, then you, you didn't need to like lower his expectations beforehand.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like nobody would have expected Silverstone last year. And that was a banger, you know, like they, sometimes it comes out of the woodworks, but I think we're, it's so easy to bully and talk crap on F1 sometimes that when we see a race like Miami, that's just like, so blown out of the water, blown out of proportion. And then the racing was actually just so bad and everything is just bad. It's kind of like easy to nitpick, but not every race is like that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. We're not angry about F1 as Mike said earlier, Is the title of the episode. Maybe he is. And that's projecting, but no, no, I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just frustrated because like, You know, like you and I were saying for like IndyCar yesterday, like I want F1 to be successful. I want all the racing to be successful. And when it's not Mm -hmm. like, when it's not like good racing, it's just, it's just frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I that's true. I guess basically our view on this is, and this doesn't mean to come off as negativity, is that when you have high expectations for something or you really care about it, you expect it to be better, right? And you want Mm -hmm. it to improve. So that's how we feel about F1 is that we know it can be better and it has been better and we want it to be better. So yeah, we're here to continually harp on that. And hopefully Mm -hmm. people don't get frustrated or annoyed by us doing that.
0: I like that perspective, though. I think that's a great perspective. There was a moment a few days before the race that I was just like, getting very annoyed with the F1 ecosystem in general, like just the way that race weeks work in F1 versus Indy versus anything else is very different. And now that I have the indie perspective and I I got, I came back to the F1 ecosystem. And I was like, this is garbage. Like, I just, <laughs> I hate it here and I hate all of this. And then of course, as soon as I stepped into the track and into the paddock and i you know, that's your vision changes, you're fine. Yeah. But it, yeah, um, it's just, it's one of those things that je- I just, I really like the perspective Frenchie is you want it to be better because you care so much about it and it can so easily disappoint you when it doesn't meet those expectations.
1: Yeah, we're not just haters. Basically is what I'm trying to explain. And I don't think anyone listening probably thinks we're haters, but I don't want it to ever come off that way because mm. I mean, I started out like F1 was the first really motorsport that I got into. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's what led me on this weird path in my life. Right. Well will so okay. last piece of news before we get to our, I guess, fun. Uh, no, well, I guess there are a couple things. So this one is just kind of a random one that I think went a little bit under the radar. Apparently, the Shanghai circuit uh, is now a grade one circuit again. I guess every three years, you have to like reapply or something. I don't know. So 2019, they got their uh, FIA grade one certification, or what is it called? I don't know if it was a certification. But anyway, they had that. And then obviously, they didn't race since 2019.
0: The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news
1: daily. But it's now been approved again. So it has three years from, I guess, this year. Yeah, so until 2025 or something. I don't know that's when the organizers have the deal with F1 until. So we're expecting in 2024 to have the Chinese Grand Prix back. And that would actually mark the 20th anniversary of when racing started there because the first Chinese Grand Prix was in 2004. I think Rubens Barrichello won. So we may see it back next year. Hopefully by then. I have no idea what's going on in China with COVID lockdowns. But I would hope, like, I mean, it started in 2020, like four years after the start of it that you guys can get everything under control and not have to have lockdown so you know optimistic that next year we'll see China back on the schedule and we'll have even more racing instead of the three-week gap that we saw
0: that's amazing that's amazing I mean it's not amazing to have more than 23 races but
1: that's I would be
0: really excited to see that because I think the Asian market is such an important market to hit and Suzuka's great obviously so Adding Shanghai would be huge,
1: and we need Korea back because yeah. I was in France with one of my best friends who is Korean actually, and he he didn't he just got into F one also. He's it's funny because his wife is also into it because she hates one particular driver so much based on what she's seen of them, and I can I don't need to go into who that is, but I it, just interesting to hear how passionately she dislikes this person. But mm-hmm. he was like, I didn't know there was a Korean racetrack, like that's so cool. So right. We need to expand into maybe more areas that are relevant instead of just, I don't know, having these, like Mike said, street circuits in areas where you can have celebrities instead of fans come. Right. We can get the glamorous people and have Instagram shots. If that's the goal, you did it in Miami F1 and you're going to do it again in Las Vegas. But if you but want actual to fans balanced. to show up, yeah, the people that you just got into the sport with this Drive to Survive thing that are buying the merch, that are following it, that are your viewers, then you need to make it in places where they can actually go and see good racing, aka circuits like Shanghai, yeah. like the track Absolutely. in Korea, which I forgot is the name. But, you know, places like that, Imola, like we're, we're going to real racetracks that F1 is known for.
0: Yeah. I'm just still counting down the day until Kalami comes back.
1: Yep. I want to go to South Africa.
0: I'm just really, really, really want that track to come back. But if it's up to Dominicali, then it's going to be like Chicago or New York first, which like (laughs) makes me want to kill myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, those those cars are so big. They don't fit that well on city streets, right? We see how Monaco is. So the product in Monaco is that way. And you're going to make more street circuit tracks. Come on. Come We're seeing on. the product
0: in Monaco. We see the product in Miami. We see even like NASCAR in Chicago. Like it's a oh, yeah, that's fun race, messed. but it's like it's such a disaster, right? So it's like, why would you want to bring another racing series there?
1: Long Beach and St. Pete are like the only ones that work. I mean, look yeah. how many street races have been tried and just like fail. I mean, Nashville, oh, we we've yet to see the jury, the jury so, is out on that one. Yeah,
0: Long Beach and um, St. Pete, the reason why they work is because they're not actually in downtown, right? They're in this basical, basically the suburbs, so they have the space, they have wide spaces. I, Long Beach is on a freaking airplane landing strip, right? So it's they actually have St. Pete, space.
1: yeah, St. Pete Sorry, is new. The yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. What we, I meant. Knew, we knew you meant.
0: yeah, but it's just like that, that's why it works. And so, if they're going to choose a downtown Nashville on a tiny little uh bridge or if they're going to choose a chicago where it's like it just doesn't make any sense
1: yeah no i completely agree with that i think this is why we see the problems i mean and going around a stadium i mean this is what they did at caesar's palace when they did the parking lot race there a race in a parking lot's yeah. never that good yeah I'm i mean when when indycar used to race at the meadowlands in new jersey like that race was not that good either i've had true I I was not. Cars I did not cool, the cars were cool. I did not see so those race live, but I have seen it on YouTube, and I know my my dad has it on VHS tape. If people actually know what a VHS tape is, I want to come watch that. I we I. i you I'll, have something I'll to play your them. VHS? No, anymore. No, yeah, no that's, that's the besides problem. the point. I don't have anything. But
0: I still have my VHS player. Where? At my mom's house, oh. and the original copy of Bambi that I still have never seen. Never of... I own it. When people used even to I've say, seen
1: Bambi, when people used to say, like in high school or middle school, like at your mom's house was an insult. When I just yeah. asked you where the VHS, <laughs> yeah. you're like at my mom's house, like <laughs> people used to just say, like where like are you your going? Your mom? Yeah, your mom's house. Anyway, That's so funny. Let's talk about. One last thing before we get into the main news, I guess, that came out today. And that I just wanted to, I, I don't want to shove politics down anyone's throat, but I just wanted to say that Lewis Hamilton came out and said um, basically about the laws in Florida. And I'm not going to really go into more detail. You can figure those out for yourself. Uh, he said it's not good at all. I stand by those within the community here. I hope they continue to stand firm and push back. I'll have the rainbow on my helmet. And it's no different than when we were in Saudi. And mm. that last line there really, that was just kind of upsetting to me because it was like this is the United it's States, not. right? And yeah. we're if we're seen as similar to Saudi Arabia, which is known to have awful human rights violations. By someone who's not an American, right? That's that's sad to me. And so I, I applaud Lewis for wearing the rainbow helmet and like, you know, showing support for the LGBTQ community, especially as we see, you know, what's happening around the country. But wow, that was just kind of a shocking thing to me. And I we don't need to get into politics, but yeah. agreed. Yeah. We can just leave it there, but agreed. Okay, so the, the news, the big news that we've been teasing everyone with that everyone knows about already is that uh, Daniel Ricardo he's not getting in the Alpha Tower seat. It was rumored that he was going to get in the Alpha Tower seat uh, because Helmut Marco is setting some kind of a ultimatum for Nick DeVries to perform, I guess, by the Spanish Grand Prix or he's out of there it is what was rumored. Who knows if that's actually true? It sounds like a helmet Marco thing to do, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yep. But it's not going to be Daniel Ricardo based on everything we're seeing and hearing. I think people just got excited about the possibility. He was doing a seat fitting at their factory, and so everyone jumped over, like all over that. Uh, the more likely outcome, if you replace Nick DeVries, is probably that Liam Lawson, who's a Red Bull junior driver, would be pulled from the Super Formula Championship and put in that seat. That's okay. what All I right. think I've seen and what I would guess would probably happen, so I don't want to dash everybody's hopes that Daniel Ricciardo is going to get back into F1, but I also don't think that given, like, what's what's the best finish of the Alpha Tauri card this season is probably 11th with Yuki a bunch of times, right? I think Yuki's mm-hmm. finished 10th. I mean, not Did higher than that, up? but... Oh, you're right. He's finished 10th twice. So he's 11th three times and 10th twice. So that's about as good as the car is, I would imagine. And maybe Daniel could pull out a little bit more because I would definitely see him as a more skilled driver than Yuki Tsunoda. But, uh, you know, he's not used to that car per se. So why would he jump in that car if he's going to get like maybe points on the day? What's the point of coming back for a really uncompetitive seat? He's already making money without having to do that. So I wouldn't jump in that car.
0: I think he just wants to race. Like, what's your reasoning? What's Why do you think that it would be Liam over Daniel? Or like, what is the media's reasoning for that?
1: Uh, just essentially that it's been confirmed actually by a few anonymous sources that it's not going to be Daniel.
0: Okay, but we so can't say anything that anyone be. says in F1 until it actually happens.
1: No, that's true. I mean, these are like kind of backwater secret sources that I prowl around with. That sounds really creepy the way I describe that, but um, I I brow <laughs> around from my sources. Yeah, it sounds really sounds creepy.
0: Very Florida. Um, I I don't know. I think I think that there would be a lot of benefits for. I'm not even like the biggest Daniel fan, but I think that there would be a lot of benefits for Daniel taking that seat because. A, he doesn't really care about just sitting around and taking money. He has more money than he cares to have. He wants to race. And if he gets put in that seat, then he can prove to other teams that he's still got it. So if he's able to pull out more, equal or more than Yuki, then teams can see that and potentially want to sign him. Yep. Go ahead, French.
1: Okay. So my only counter to that is that everyone's talking about how Lewis Hamilton could potentially go somewhere else, right? Which is not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen but there's nowhere else for him to go. No. So that's if there's nowhere else for Lewis Hamilton to go, there's definitely nowhere for Daniel Ricardo to go other than maybe the Red Bull seat that they vacate Sergio Perez, but that's it. That's what, all I would take if I were him. So I'm going to I'm going to counter your counter and say technically there's nowhere to go, but if you fire Nick DeVries, there's somewhere to go, right? Technically. Like but is I, it worth it?
0: There is yes. no way Lewis is going to Alfatari. No, no, I'm not, that- Al- I'm not saying I'm not saying Lewis. I'm that saying would be a
1: hot take. Yeah. I was
0: gonna say. No, I mean, I think Lewis has Could nowhere to go because to there's Bull. there's nowhere else that he would want to go. Like he's yeah. done all of the other teams that he would have wanted. The only other team, like he's not gonna go to he's Ferrari. He's only done two and he's teams. He's not gonna go to I know no, but listen to me, please. He's not gonna go to Ferrari and he's not gonna go to Red Bull. No one else is really showing a lot of improvement or worth for him maybe maybe if the world tipped on a shoulder maybe Aston. but like i still don't see it happening so i think like lewis has so many other things outside of f1 that he would rather be doing than be in a crap car not winning races because lewis is like his psyche is based on doing well and winning races and which again that's a good thing you're a racing driver that's where it should be but I cannot imagine him leaving Mercedes to go to another team that's not leading the field. And that would only be Red Bull. And that's just an impossibility. So.
1: is it Daniel also the winning mentality? And that's why he was done at McLaren?
0: No, he just had a soft ego and didn't like that he was put as the number two driver.
1: Well, I mean, he became the number two driver. I don't think he necessarily was even put as it. he like performed that way to send him to that spot.
0: But he didn't like being treated that that way.
1: I guess he could be number one at Alpha Tauri, but the like being number one at Alpha Tauri is like nothing. I don't know, like why? Yeah, why would you it's not, not just exciting. go take a drive somewhere else? Like he didn't want an IndyCar drive or a sports car drive because he said it like didn't appeal to him. He had no
0: interest. I yeah. think he wants to get back in an F one car, and I think that he's, I'm sure that he regrets the move that he made leaving Red Bull, but. We all kind of regret the move that he made leaving Red Bull. And if I harp yeah, on that Alonzo any move. longer, I'm going to like jump off the balcony because I've been annoyed with him for that for X years. Um, years. So I think for now, it's like he just wants to get back in a car and not in a car that is crap like McLaren was. Although I can't say Alphatari's any better. Yeah, so I don't know.
1: We'll see. I mean, okay, fine. I don't, I really don't think he's going to the Alphatari seat. I don't see it happening, but you guys, have not I'm not ruling it out because of what you've said it's not completely a zero percent chance yeah I like I'm not saying it's it's a definite especially if there's things that are saying like oh Liam Lawson's probably closer to getting it it's possible it's just like if I were Daniel right now and I was my dog is looking at me now like yeah what? I, was, I was thinking about that <laughs> um and he's like okay I'm getting 18 million dollars this year if I just bring this car home in one piece most weekends, you know, come home with five points by the end of the year, you know, a couple tenths or ninth place type finishes or whatever. And I show people, like, hey, like, you know, I am better than what the McLaren, you know, thing showed me. Maybe something opens up somewhere else, like somebody gets fired or, you know, Lance Stroll's arm falls off in an, in an, in a, in a <laughs> elevator accident you like you never know what like, uh if it actually uh, happens you're gonna feel really guilty yeah but like that's why i tried <laughs> to pick something like highly unlikely you know so like crazier things have happened don't use an elevator ever yeah. again lance. lance stroll please don't use an <laughs> elevator stairs but only like, bro maybe somebody's sponsor dries up and they run out of money and you weren't expecting it so dead, like bro yeah crypto crypto goes crypto
0: it was still the crypto.com signage everywhere this weekend it's wild yeah it makes no sense i mean it it was funny but it was just it makes no sense
1: but this discussion leads us to considering nick devries i'm sure we all had higher expectations for him uh this year than he has shown i mean he's a formula two champion He's also mm-hmm. a Formula E champion. It was very competitive in that series. And I don't think that those drivers are like subpar losers. I mean, th- there are some serious people who were like on the ladder to F1 that got really close and or that do sports car racing. I mean, Sebastian Buemi, Andre Lauder, like there are people who are, you, you know, their names that race in Formula E and he beat them. Um, Mike's favorite, stop Van Dorn. But so... <sighs> what why is he so bad and is he worse because i saw a lot of hate for him is he the new latifi
0: oh okay but people are saying the same thing about yuki last year and it's like i think everyone just needs a year to get used to it right because there's so much added pressure oh i don't think he should have i hate yuki but we've already gone through that but like there's so much added pressure there's so much else going on it's like it's a completely different environment So I think that he just needs some grace. Do I think he's a good driver? Absolutely not. He loves walls a little too much for my liking. (laughs) He loves walls. And like, not my vibe, but I still, I think everyone, because he loves walls. I think everyone should like get a bit of grace and a bit of chance, especially if you're in the Red Bull family, you're not getting that. And I'm sure that there's just immense pressure from all sides that he's just like, he just needs time to figure it out he's a freaking rookie we're five races in like come no, on
1: five guys. races is enough you either win <laughs> or you leave
0: <laughs> okay helmet thank you yeah, for joining exactly. the podcast yeah. today
1: not everyone is max verstappen helmet like come on or sebastian vettel who was like an, also a wonderkind.
0: Yeah. nick
1: DeVries, like you just said i don't think he's that bad i also don't think nicholas latifi was like a terrible driver i mean okay
0: that's why you're wrong no, 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 no.
1: he, he, he I don't think he's like an incompetent driver. You know what I mean? Like he was the worst on the F1 grid, which is still better than like how many other drivers in the world. So that's, that's That's what I was thinking is like, somebody told me this one time, I think it's like, even the, the worst doctor is still a doctor. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that you have a medical degree from like some random school in the middle of nowhere. Like you're still a doctor and and that's better than everyone else is basically. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, I don't know. They have more medical knowledge than the rest of us. Yeah, but I don't nope. think that applies here because oh, it does. to be a doctor, you can't just pay someone to be like, I'm going to pay you $2 million more and you're going to make me a doctor instead of him, even though he's yeah, smarter than me. You can
1: totally fake it through a med school. That's okay, like a, a, a crappy, un, un, like, accredited, bad school.
0: French, you know what I mean, though, right? Is there such talented, amazing drivers out there that aren't making it to this level because they don't have the funding?
1: Same for people who go to med school that are really intelligent.
0: Okay, we're off the med school train now. I'm talking about the TV. Like, I, I there are gonna... better drivers than Latifi. He's going to med school. He just had fun. <laughs> so
1: he's going to murder you. I know, I know. But <laughs> okay, fine. He's bad. Whatever. I, I'm then... trying to
0: make a real serious point here
1: That's About... what I'm trying
0: to do. The fact that there are really good drivers, even though, yes, he made it to the Formula One grid. That means he's an amazing driver. I'm not I'm not going to take that away from him. You have to have some eon of talent. In order to make it this far because you need the super license points you need okay. to go through the series you need i get We agree that. on that yes that's, we agree uh, on that but now i'm saying i'm just because latifi was the worst driver on the grid doesn't mean he's better than other drivers because there's going to be a lot of driver other drivers that are better than him that just can't afford it
1: yeah, yeah. no that's true fair. But, like i mean not. that's fair but you know he's better than some other people that williams could have chosen essentially I guess like oh, yeah the,
0: I mean Williams could have chosen me and I would have sucked ass so like that doesn't really say much
1: and not had the sponsorship money
0: and not had the superlaces <laughs> points
1: <laughs> win all around
0: uh, okay I but, have so a, some charisma though sorry continue. Yeah, you do
1: you do have that so it's a how do we where do we rank rank him like is he a no-hoper or is he somebody that after five races, everyone's just jumping to conclusions and needs to, like Sarah said, give him a little... I'm somewhere in between, actually, the two views. I,
0: I don't I'm... have no hope. I think no hope is too drastic. I have little hope, but not no hope.
1: I have little hope, and I like on a scale of 1 to 10, like a 1.5, and, a half, and it would... It would be like a two, but I mean, you know, when, when Gasly got promoted to Red Bull, he was gone after what, two thirds of a year, pretty much half a year, maybe. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. better than Nick DeVries. And and he's better than DeVries. So, what's just not to say when we get to, you know, a month and a month from a half now, maybe like right before the uh, summer break, whenever that is, I guess August, you know, maybe they oh. go, all right, you know, this has been enough. Like, not to say like he couldn't do better, but we also have to account for the fact that Red Bull, it does not think things through particularly rationally when it comes to most of their driver decisions. So I have two questions following up on that. I have two answers. Okay, good. Number one, it would be really boring podcast. If you didn't have answers for my questions. Number one is, these are just thoughts that popped into my mind. If he got to the end of the season, like if he got the time he needed, Is he somebody you think that could be Yuki, be competitive? Like, do you see him being that type of driver or no? I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, it's possible. If he lasts the whole year, he's going to have to at least do equal as Yuki. And I don't think Yuki's that impressive. So I, I think so. Okay.
0: If he's putting in the results, then why wouldn't he show that he's competitive?
1: No, I mean, will he be like, will he put in the results at all? Like if you give him till the Uh, end of the season, will there be results or will he just kind of run around? I misunderstood that, too. Yes, I I, I'm I I think it's possible. I I, I'm I'm struggling for words because I'm not like super optimistic right now, but there is it. There's a chance.
0: I think it's just too early to tell. Honestly, you can't make an educated decision on this because there's such limited data.
1: But Helmet Marco needs the answer from us now.
0: Well, that's because Helmet Marco is
1: a twat. But <laughs> well, he's he's nearing. Uh, he's one foot in the grave, so he he has no time to spare. That was really <laughs> mean. But I'm just gonna. It sounds
0: say that. like a him problem. Anyway, <laughs>
1: um, the other question is, do you think Mick Schumacher was better or is better than Nick DeVries or no? Because he got dumped pretty unceremoniously.
0: Mick wasn't the best. I think Mick, and I said this, I think I said this on last uh, podcast last year. I think Mick was, again, held to a very, very, very high standard. And so when you're not matched with that standard immediately, then people are so easy to dump on you. Again, not the greatest driver, but not the worst. Close, Mm -hmm. kind of close, but not, not the worst, worst we've seen. Cough, cough massive spin cough cough so
1: yeah I think it's also I don't think he's that I don't think
0: he's that bad yeah
1: to compare them because it's okay I I jumped I jumped because you know DeVries has only raced what four or five races and Latifi had three years so Mm -hmm. it's just we just need we need at least a a full season to like make that comparison because if DeVries gets fired after half a season like then you could play woulda coulda shoulda for the second half of the season that he's not in that seat. So it's a fair point. Like it's not an a bad argument to make though, because the first five races have been dreadful. Yeah. No, I and to me, like I can't tell. Do you do we think he's like Logan Sargent is better than him? I don't know. We have I mean there's all these people who we have no idea like what is their potential. We haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. You know, uh, hopefully he gets more of a chance than this. But I think what Sarah said really hit the nail on the head is he's a Formula Two champion like Mick was. Mick also had the name that followed him around, but he was also a Formula E champion that won races there. So I think the expectations were for him to jump in another formula car and just be good immediately. And the fact that he's not and that he's struggling, the pressure's on him and it's up to him. Unfortunately, he's not a guy who takes credit for mistakes. It doesn't seem like he doesn't own up to them. He likes to put blame or like deflect somehow, which isn't a good look. Because if you own your mistakes, I think you have more respect or credibility from your team. But I, I mean, it's we'll see if he mentally breaks or not. Because I think there's a point now where like he's seeing himself in the the headlines probably of, or you know he got the, the uh, like deadline or the ultimatum and he's either going to break or he's going to prove himself right and so i think i would break in that situation i'd be like wow i'm done well said well yeah i'm getting there Frenchie has one more thing to wrap up then we'll sign off and there's no f1 this weekend so go watch IndyCar and then go watch nascar on sunday so and imsa it's on sunday too at laguna seca mm-hmm. Uh what time is that I think it's, it's at like, like 3.30 Eastern time yeah, or 3 Eastern time. Okay. I don't know what we're doing for Mother's Day, so I'm just going to tell my mom I have to watch racing instead.
0: Oh, it's Mother's Day this weekend. I forgot. Yes.
1: <laughs> to touch on real quick is just to say, like, obviously for all the people who are mothers listening, happy Mother's Day. And hopefully your Mother's Day has something to do with racing. But if not, uh, all the people who are listening who have mothers, go appreciate them because... Your mom is one of a kind and she deserves to be treated like you treat her on Mother's Day, probably every day, but at least do it for one day out of the year.
0: Isn't she? where did that come from? That's so sweet.
1: Needed to have positivity at the end of the episode, if we were just going to like kind of be grumpy about <laughs> F1 the whole time, I wanted to say something nice. And, you know, there are a lot of moms that we have in our twitter group or that we engage with and Mm -hmm. obviously i just want to wish them a happy mother's day and to to when i when i said that mother's day thing like right before that i didn't know that that's what frenchie was going to say so that was totally coincidental
0: not coincidental it was off the cuff empathy and i love that
1: well on that note goodbye have a fun weekend Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report, your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week, we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover National Racing Series from the World of Outlaws to NASCAR. Plus, get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.